Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A whirlwind of a weekend and a new era in Bulldog football begins. Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, David Murray, and we're here in the doghouse, in the uh, still warm and dry doghouse, which is quite something to say as the weather front that is attacking the whole southeast moves in at full strength this afternoon. All I can say is stay inside, stay dry, and stay warm, and stay with us as we talk about Mississippi State sports, particularly the, I said whirlwind week to start this off. No, it's been two weeks since the News broke about Coach Mike Leach's situation, then just a couple of days later, his tragic passing. Quickly after that, the promotion of Zach Arnett to head football coach, and then after resuming bowl practices for the Bulldogs, the signing day this past Wednesday, uh, coming right after the memorial service for Leach on Tuesday, yeah, it's been a whirlwind in Bulldog country. But things will start settling down. Mississippi State will have their last campus practice on Friday, And then the Bulldogs get a quick, and I do mean quick, Christmas break because they are to resume back on campus on Tuesday morning and then take their flight to Tampa where they will have a series of bowl practices getting ready for the Reliquist Bowl, of course, January 2nd down in Tampa. Will they take use of all the 15 bowl practices? It does not look so at this point. And I do need to remind, too, that they were originally scheduled to take that four-day break during the week that Leach was laid low. That was already scheduled, so it wasn't an adjustment state made. It proved most fortunate because it's unimaginable to think how the Bulldogs and staff could have practiced and gone about any kind of business with their coach lying in the situation he was. Well, now Leach has passed on. We had a very moving memorial service this past Tuesday in Humphrey Coliseum. Uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey visited uh, some of his fellow assistants and former uh, peers in the business came, quite a all-star roster. Of course, SEC coaches and athletic directors were present as well. Dr. Mark Keenum made a moving talk of his own. I think the most moving of all came from one of his former players at Washington State, and goodness, did the young man speak up well for his coach. It, it was just a kind of day that I'm never going to say it put to rest entirely the Leach era and legacy because that's going to go on. The legacy, not just at Mississippi State, will go on. So will it in college football because his air raid is now so firmly established in the sport. We'll be talking about Mike Leach for long, long, long into the future and what he did for college football. But Mississippi State had an excellent chance to say farewell and did. And now the new era is in full blast swing. Because Mississippi State followed up quickly with National Signing Day, the first of this December period, and for all intents and purposes, the real signing day now because the largest part of everybody's class is going to ink in this period. We'll get more into signing class results, but first, let's talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. Basketball is back. I know we're talking football, but basketball is indeed back. Mississippi State starts its SEC season next week by hosting Alabama. And not just that, but all college basketball, professional basketball, it's all back. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. 
Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, the game in college football starts with recruiting. In Mississippi State, pulled off quite a recruiting class, not just for the circumstances, which certainly make it stand out enough, but if this had been a normal sort of year and, and no, no tragic events, no coaching transition, anything like that, and the Bulldogs pull in an overall ranked as of now, and again, this will change because there'll be more transfers coming in as Zach Arnett and staff reevaluate after the bowl game. An overall rank in the country of 26, according to 24 7 Sports, a 24 composite rank. And the transfers only ranked 42nd, but that's just because there's only a pair of them right now. More are going to be coming in. I point that out not because I care so much about the stars and the rankings. I, I mention it simply because if this had been a normal recruiting year, fans sit back and say, yeah, that's a good class. That's a really good job by an established staff. Well, guess what? It was done by a staff that lost their leader right up before signing day, throwing a lot of questions into a lot of minds of prospects, including commitments. They hung together. As best we can tell, only one true commitment dropped off the roster and has gone elsewhere, and he'd maybe been trending a little shaky all along in the first place. But Mississippi State pulls in a really good class, and it's an across-the-board type class. Of course, you got your quarterback, and let's be clear that this quarterback, oh my goodness, Chris Parson, he may have been the most valuable recruit, not just because of what he's going to do in the field in coming years. He, more than any other prospect, helped hold this class together by getting in touch with his fellow commitments and saying, stay with it. Let's honor Coach Leach. Let's start something of our own under the new offensive staff and system that Zach Arnett will put in charge. And let's do it for ourselves. And they are. State picked up a pair of running backs, three receivers, uh, and to my mind, most importantly, five offensive linemen, including a JUCO transfer who can play immediately and really boost some situations there at the tackle position. Four defensive linemen, which needed some rebuilding. Linebacker, three of them. State needs more linebackers. Yes, they're start, you're getting back your starters from this past year, but they'll both be seniors again, so you need to start developing some depth. It's just been really strange to me how for the last four or five years, State's depth at linebacker position has dropped off. Well, that's been taken care of. Defensive back, you've got five and a pair of special teamers. And, of course, of that group, there are two transfers. Uh, Kimberly Rogers from Miami is coming in, and Radarius Jones uh, from LSU. So State's picked up a pair of Power 5 transfers, and these both came shortly on the heels of the news about Coach Leach, which tells you these guys wanted to come to Mississippi State already, and I think absolutely the promotion of Zach Garnett made it clear that's who they want to play for because, after all, he's coaching the safeties besides being the defensive coordinator. Now, he's going to give that job up after the bowl game. He'll still have a say in it, but it's just going to be fun to watch how he makes the transition to head coach. So he pulled off a really good recruiting class and, you know, give credit to the assistants as well and the ones behind the scene too, uh, Jay Perry and Rod Gibson and all that bunch, the things they did to keep things going, to stay in touch with the guys who had questions in their mind, as would you. 
I mean, think about it. You're 18, 19 years old, or you're an FBS transfer. You want to play for Mississippi State because you think it's going to be a situation. The coach all of a sudden is gone. All sorts of uncertainties, especially if you're an offensive player thinking, well, I signed with a pure air raid. What's going to happen to me if I stay in the system now? The fact that Coach Arnett and everyone were able to reach out to these guys to make it clear that they're going to continue the legacy of Mike Leach, if not the exact specific offense of Mike Leach, says a lot for their abilities. But as Coach Arnett said yesterday, and I'm going to stress this, go to our site on Gene's page and watch the recording of the full interview. Or you can find it several of the places. We like for you to watch it there because we get credit for it as well. And read the transcripts posted by Mike Nemeth in two parts because he divided it up into the first and second sections because we had to cover a lot of ground in it, obviously, not just about signing day, but his own promotion. It was the first chance we had to talk to Arnett. And, you know, by timing, I was able to get the first question in, maybe because I'm the old fart in the media room and have some sort of seniority, or, hey, maybe it's just luck. But I, my opening question was, with the whirlwind, there's that word again, of the past week, how do you feel about putting this class together? How satisfying was it? And he just made it clear that it was one of those, It's he, in his words, it made, and I'm quoting from him, it sends quite a statement about the young men we were recruiting, their families. It says a lot about the entire program because these coaches went out there under the most unimaginable circumstances, got in touch with these players, with their families, with their coaches. And then the Bulldog locker room got involved as well and made relationships with these prospects. So I think the best quote is the one I used in my headline. They're Mississippi State kind of guys. Now, the other best quote, I thought, and this is one that, and this, Zach could have gone all sorts of emotional angles on this thing, and he did show some emotions, obviously, not least his own excitement about being an SEC head coach now. Think of it, your very first job as a head coach, and you're jumping into the Southeastern Conference, one of 14 institutions. But, you know, he... Anybody could try to make excuses, say, well, it's tough, and maybe you've got a little grace period. No. Zach Garnett, he laid it on the line immediately. He said, we're in a results business. What a comment. Because it's absolutely true. And blunt, straight truth, you know, Coach Leach was good at that, but he'd phrase it a little differently, and people say, oh, huh, kind of joke, kind of a snarky a little bit. No. Zach Arnett made it abundantly, bluntly clear coaching at Mississippi State is a results business. To continue his quote, even if unfortunate things happen, we've still got to work and get results. That's the mentality that exists here, and that's what makes us a tremendous institution. What a comment. I, I just cannot get over such a statement from a guy in his very first press conference as a head coach comes out there, puts it on the line for all to see and understand that he understands. This is about the results. He's going to get all sorts of grace, sure, but he wants to produce results, and he knows results are expected because there is not much of what you'd call the break-in period anymore in college football, and he likes it that way. He's ready to go. 
and so is the staff. Now, of course, there will be staff adjustments after the bowl game. We did not push him on that topic, well, other than saying, would you clarify who's going to be calling the plays offensively? No surprises there, of course. Steve Spurrier Jr. will call the plays. Drew Hollingshead uh, will be down on the field working with the quarterbacks and receivers and trying to transmitting those plays to it while the rest of the staff just goes about their business as usual. But it was just very it wasn't the right time to ask, do you intend to go hire somebody else? What are you going to do? No, he wants to get through this bowl game. He wants to get a win on the board, not just for Coach Leach. Yes, that's what he said, and those are the right things to say. You want to say this. We want to honor his legacy. We want to show appreciation to him, You know, give him one last win. You know what? He wants to win because he wants to win. I can't put it any more clearly than that. Zach Arnett is here to win games. And he is not going to make any excuses for this team, certainly not for himself and for the staff. They're going to go out and prepare for that bowl game once they get down to Tampa and prepare to play Illinois to win this game because that's why they're in it. But first, they had to take care of recruiting. And they did. I, I, yes, you can sit there and say that, okay, I'd like to see a little more of this, a little more of that. That's true everywhere. And, of course, Arnett agrees because he says they're not through recruiting. Now, whether you like or dislike the early signing day, and I'm increasingly mixed on it, I part of me wants to go back to the, quote, old way of everybody waits until the 1st of February to sign, do all your official visiting after the bowl games. Do it in January, get a better picture. That's just not practical today in a portal world. Again, that kind of reflects the results business you're in. But what it means is you still got some holes to fill because, hey, there may be some guys off this team that come back for the bowl game and decide, I'm going to enter the transfer portal. Now, there hasn't been any recent additions to it. It's still holding at the numbers we talked about last week. I'd say only four of which really would be contributors. And related to that, one of them, Dylan Johnson, may even be considering coming back at this point. Now, the fact that Jaquavius Mark should be healthy next year, Simeon Price is ready for his own snaps in the system, you signed two running backs, I think State covered that base pretty well just in case. But if DJ wants to return, I think they'll find a way to make it work. And make it work is something that Arnett was clear about as far as continuing recruiting. Uh, what does State still need at this point? Well, the, it comes down to uh, are they really needs or are they wants I think in some ways yeah you need more offensive linemen that's not even a question that would definitely be a need if they can find another tackle out there certainly a guy who could play either tackle or guard I think they would grab him uh, I think the phrase that Arnett used is if there's a dominant front guy and he said on either side of the ball and being a defensive coach, you know he's talking about tackles on the defensive side, but he also is aware you got to have those dominant front guys on the offensive line, especially when you got some veteran offensive skill guys coming back that you want to give them opportunities to make more plays this coming year. So, yeah, they'll go after at least one more offensive line here. Pretty sure they're going to go after at least one more wide receiver because, bluntly, you can't have enough of them. State's already lost a couple of those in the portal, uh, Ra Ra Thomas obviously being the biggest loss. Xavier you know, Tom, Thomas, he wasn't as nearly as much a factor as a receiver as a turn man, but certainly had potential as a receiver. So you start filling that gap in there, and you're going to lose some guys too to graduation and other reasons. So I think they'll cover their bases and go after at least one more wide receiver. I am absolutely confident they're going after a veteran safety. I, I think that's where they're really going to look in the portal. 
if they can find a difference maker at safety, which not just because Arnett coached there, because as I talked to him off the record a little bit yesterday, you know, he's he is thoroughly thrilled about the guys coming back, Jaden Crumity and Nate Pickering and others who have said, you know, we're coming back. He says, yeah, that really takes care of up front, and we've got our linebackers, but we've got a lot of rebuilding to do on the back end there, and he meant safety. So he's either going to find a junior college or a portal transfer safety to come in to add to the recruiting class, and oh, yeah, a place kicker because both your guys were one-year transfers this past season, so you've got to fill that need. Calling all kickers, here's an opening, and here's a team that really wants to use you. So if you're out there and listening, and besides, you get to a room in the specialist with an Australian punter, that's going to be quite entertaining, obviously. So uh, to sum it up, you know, and it, it's so fascinating to, to in so many ways, I admired and liked Mike Leach's approach to things, but it's still refreshing to hear a coach come back and say that the game is won and lost at the line of scrimmage. So he's still, they're going to be constantly evaluating the needs, even during bowl camp, even during the bowl and right after it, when they sit down and go through things and compared to what the NCAA is allowing in this one free year of an expanded signing class, albeit you still must be at 85 on scholarship by the time you start the new school year. But as he said, you never pass up a great player, and if you've got a guy out there who just makes you better, in his words, you find a way in your numbers to do that. Does that mean the uh, infamous phrase processing is about to take place? Yeah, but that's true everywhere. It's, it's, it's a business. What did he say? We're in a results business. That's for the coaches, but that's for the players too. So you're going to have to see the results both in this coming few days of camp, but once into spring ball – it is going to be some serious, maybe even harsh evaluations going on because now you're going to start revamping things in a slightly different direction. And and let me get to a topic that I talked about in the column about Mike Leach. Still out there if you want to find it on Gene's page, uh, titled from a Jimmy Buffett song that a nomad know when the show is done. Well, I mentioned that when Mike Leach was hired, one of my great fears, and I expressed this to John Cohen who I had a good relationship with, and I could say things to him that he knew would never show up um, in print as well as he could say them to me. We talked about it, and I expressed my concern that, yeah, committing to Mike Leach and making the move to the air raid offense was a gamble, maybe one that Mississippi State needed to take, but if it didn't pay off, you had just changed the roster radically in a direction that might take years to rebuild. I was wrong. Yeah, I said it. David Murray was wrong on that count. I don't think there'll be any sort of drastic rearrangement necessary at all. Not just because the air raid elements are in every offense already. I think State has an offensive roster that can adapt to whatever offensive system Arnett chooses a coordinator to operate. I, I, I really do. Will Rogers can adapt to other type offenses. Okay, maybe not a Dan Mullen type run spread, though he's a better runner than people want to give him credit for. But with the addition of Chris Parson, so far Sawyer Robertson is sticking to it. Uh, Braden Locke is staying with the program. So it's going to be a really tense spring for those guys. And at the end of camp, I'd certainly expect one, maybe two of those quarterbacks to move along. My larger point being that State's got the personnel now to run any sort of modern college offense without just having to drastically rearrange things. 
And that is very, very satisfying, not to mention relieving, because I was honestly concerned. I think state's going to be in great shape, whatever coordinator direction they want to go to offensively, because veterans can make those moves. Where once upon a time, if you had a veteran quarterback and receivers in one system that really would struggle to adapt to another, I don't think that's the case now. I think guys like Rodgers, Marks, the ride receivers you have, a Rufus Harvey, a Tulu Griffin, people like that, the offensive linemen, they can adjust to whatever type of offense. And in a weird way, maybe the air raid might be the best foundation to move into any other system. And that is another relief as well. But that will factor into recruiting going on into spring as they look through these guys. I wouldn't take too much out of the bowl game itself because State's going to do what they do. I mentioned that in the last doghouse that as far as, you know, bowl camp and preparations, in a lot of ways, this team could probably run itself. You know, when you have guys, old guys at those positions, veteran leadership, offensive defense and kickers, they could probably take care of themselves other than obviously the scouting, sticking in a game plan, things like that, but they could do it. It's more looking towards the spring and the 2023 season, which is what this week's recruiting was about and what the, the camp practices will start hinting at, but really we'll start getting more in-depth into that come spring ball. And after that, of course, we need to start knowing what they're going to do in the coaching positions. Now, the other open jobs at Mississippi State, let's get around to that. What do we know right now about the athletic director search? You didn't see that radical change of direction coming. Well, it's kind of related because Mississippi State, with Bracky Brett taking over and serving as interim, they did not need to hurry and name an athletic director already. And then there was panic about when Leach went down. Well, we got to name one now so we have a coach. Turned out that wasn't a problem at all. You're able to hire and promote Zach Arnett, take care of the contract negotiations, settle him down, give him some money to work with, and start making the plans and finish recruiting. So... You did not need an athletic director to do those absolutely essential jobs, and you had so much support staff in the department to attend to the day-to-day operations. However, uh, from what we understand, of course, University President Dr. Mark Keenum had been scheduled to talk to at least three that we know of finalists back on December 14th. Well, that was the day, it turns out, of course, that we were naming a new head football coach and getting ready to memorialize Coach Leach. So... All those interviews, which are all going to take place in Atlanta on the same day, had to be canceled. And for those of you out there say, well, why can't you just recancel for a day or so? Uh, Everybody they're talking to is busy right now. They're active athletic directors. In fact, all three of the finalists we know of, they have teams getting ready to play bowl games. One of them, in fact, plays this Saturday. That would be John David Wicker, the athletic director at San Diego State. His team is playing on New Year's Eve out on the West Coast. As far as uh, Jared Benko and Laird Vietch, uh, Memphis Athletic Director, and Jared, of course, at Georgia Southern, their teams both play on December 27th. So it's only fair that Mississippi State let those guys take care of their own business. But from what we understand, at some point next week, Dr. Keenum will indeed have his interviews with them. Now, will it be in one place or he has to go see them or something around this holiday schedule. We don't really know that. Uh, Of course, word will start filtering out, but that's going to happen next week. And then Mississippi State should be able to name its athletic director by the following week. Uh, That's into January. 
and have him on the job sometime middle of the month. If you're putting the proverbial um, cap pistol to my head, I would say Jared Benko. And not just because I like him, because he's a friend, but I think he'd do an excellent job at the position. He's familiar with Mississippi State. And I know, okay, some of you are immediately, when I talk about this, going to say, oh, you have the poor old Mississippi State attitude. No, when I, when I say Mississippi State is a most unique situation, it is. It is a program in the Southeastern Conference, which is brutal. And when I say in it, I mean the middle of it, surrounded by vicious neighbors who, hey, I'm not going to call any names. I'm going to let Steve take care of that because he's covered the recruiting more in fact. But absolutely there have been programs trying to poach current Bulldogs while behind the facade of showing sympathy for State's situation. What was it that, uh, you know, the new head coach of State said, we're in a results business. And results mean go get players even if you have to steal them from somebody else. Well, still... Benko has a good understanding of what Mississippi State is, what it is not, what it sits in. He has a basis of comparison from his jobs with Georgia, where he graduated and worked in the athletic department, including for a friend of mine, where he worked at Auburn, where he's worked at Arkansas, now at Georgia Southern. So I think he's got great qualifications for it. And it's always good to have a friend at court, obviously. But from what I know of Laird Vich, Hey, you can't go wrong with a guy who's done the kind of fundraising he's done in a situation where it can't be all that easy to raise money for football. It's a basketball-oriented town. It's a professional sports-oriented town. So he's done an excellent job out there. And from what we understand, and again, take this with about a sack of Himalayan pink ocean salt. Uh, Those are the two leaders. Uh, John David Wicker apparently... I can't prove this. I just have secondhand reports on this. He has kind of slipped into the background now, as would be probably the third choice. I don't think State can go wrong with any of the three there, but again, pop gun to the head. I think it's going to end up being Jared Benko who gets named the position, but stay tuned. Things can change. So that's the athletic director situation going right now. The bowl game, well, Mississippi State again. I told you they're breaking camp on Friday for a little quick Christmas break. They're supposed to be in Tampa by Tuesday for the first round of official bowl activities. Now, how the regimen of typical activities for the team off the field will be handled, I really don't know. State was evaluating some of those events. They certainly want to take advantage of what the ReliQuest Bowl people have offered, such as the trips to Bush Garden and other things like that. But under the circumstances, and hey, the weather's not going to be exactly great for a couple of days down in Florida as well. Good news is, by bowl game, that New Year's weekend, highs in the 70s, lows in the mid-60s. So we won't be cold down there. And as you go into this weekend here in Starkville and everywhere else in the Deep South, the thought of going somewhere warm seems mighty appealing. So if you haven't gotten your tickets and made your reservations yet, hey, do it. Come join us down there in Tampa Town, as the uh, outlaws sang, and just come have some fun with us at that. But... State will get there and practice and then get ready for the game. Of course, it'll be played on next Monday, the second uh, afternoon kickoff against Illinois. Had a chance to ask uh, Coach Arnett a little bit about the Illini. We'll get more into this as it goes on. As far as media availabilities with the new coach, that was it up until the coach's press conference down in Tampa on the 29th. I'm hoping to make that. 
It may be on a Zoom access. I'm actually going to be in Florida myself on the other side of the state visiting Kathy's family. So three hours from Tampa. If she'll give me permission to make that trip over and back in the same day, I'll try to make the coach's presser. Otherwise, we won't be talking to Arnett until after the game. So it's just that's just how it's worked out. There have been no open practices in bowl camp. So we don't know who's been working what, who's been working where. Now, we do understand that Emmanuel Forbes will be playing in the game. That certainly got to make Arnett feel a little better, although, as I teased him yesterday, I said, Illinois doesn't throw the ball enough to really keep Emmanuel involved. He laughed, but with kind of a, you know, ha-ha laugh in that he knows he's got to handle a very different type of offensive approach from Brett Bielma and the Illinois fighting Illini. And one of those, well, we'll talk some about them next week, assuming we're able to have a podcast. Uh, that means I have to load up all this equipment and take it down to Florida with me. If there is not a doghouse next week, well, certainly there will be one the following the bowl game as we get back into town and get back into the new year. Uh, speaking of new year, it's, I mentioned that SEC basketball starts next weekend for Chris Jans and team. We wrote after the Nickel State game that sooner or later the lack of offense is going to catch up to them. Well, it did Tuesday against Drake in a neutral site game in Lincoln, Nebraska. State loses to Drake, first blemish on the season. No, we knew they weren't going to go undefeated. Everybody knew that, but you just thought as the last few recent games have gone on that, that the offense was just starting to struggle more and more. Part of that because Shaquille Moore has missed a game and a half with the ankle. They're now getting a chance to try to get him back in time for the Alabama game, a hot tide team coming to Humphrey Coliseum. Of course, I'll be down in Florida at the time, so it's up to all of y'all to show up in Humphrey Coliseum and support Jans and his team as they kick off their SEC season. And we'll be happily following that one because whatever happens, yes, the offense is struggling, and we sort of knew that going into the season, and now we really know it for sure. But they're still a fun team to watch. They just play hard. They play hard. They play with an idea of how they want to play as a team, even the offensive approach. You can see they they have – tactics and strategies in mind that are attempting to execute is just down to the skill position of can you throw the ball up and into the basket and that's been the weak link but they have an idea of what they're doing and all you need to do is watch them and I'm going to say this a lot this season so just get used to hearing it you let Chris Jans get him a couple of offensive players out there a really good shooter and a really good penetrating point guard who can dictate terms and keep the guys playing as hard as they do on defense and moving the ball, this program is back on a very right track. And it's good to have some fun back in Bulldog basketball again. Well, I mentioned this went a whirlwind, so I've tried to uh, whirl over a whole lot of things here in a half hour. It's, yes, there's still some of the lingering downer of losing the most interesting man in college sports. And as I wrote, he was interesting because he was interested in everything. The full implications of his departure will only be shown over time. But I'm going to say this. He has left Mississippi State football better than he found it. And we weren't always sure that was going to happen because there's been a lot of ups and downs. COVID totally disrupted his first year. Playing an all-SEC schedule the first year made it tough. Some kicking issues last season kept the 2021 campaign from achieving what they could have. And now this year, you still had those upset losses to LSU and Kentucky that 
Certainly, the Kentucky game should never have happened as it did. But the golden egg sits in Starkville again. Mississippi State just pulled off an excellent recruiting class. Mississippi State has an aggressive young coach who they'd already locked into a contract as coordinator because they identified him as a head coach of the future. Well, the future is now for Zach Garnett. The future is now for Bulldog football because a new era is beginning as this whirlwind finally slows down. That's enough for one day here. It's time to go uh, heat up another cup of coffee, perhaps even some chocolate because it's temperature is really dropping outside here. As I said, stay inside, stay dry, stay warm, and stay in tune with Bulldog Sports. Check out the doghouse and keep up with us. We'll be talking to you from Tampa or after Tampa. It's going to be interesting. As, As far as I know right now, the plans are, as I said, I'll be getting down there certainly for the New Year's weekend. And Mike Nemeth will be joining me. I believe Robbie Falk is planning to make the trip as well. So we should have full coverage of Zach Arnett's first game as Bulldog head coach of the last game of the Mike Leach era, if you will. We'll get into the debate when we come back in 2023 about how it's going to take to get Mike Leach into the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame since he will not meet their 60% wins percentage. I've had a few talks with some administrators about it, and uh, no, we can't you know, shortcut our way by counting this bowl game because he won't be coaching it. But I think there are going to be ways found to get this most influential man into the Hall of Fame where he belongs. Well, enough for one day. I appreciate you turning in. I appreciate you keeping up with Bulldog Sports. I want to put in a plug for my friend Charlie Winfield of the Bulldog Initiative. If you like what you saw from this year's signing class, Hey, signing him is one thing, retention is another thing. And the Bulldog Initiative, which announced a whole bunch of deals this past week with Bulldog athletes, you've got them here the first time. Now you've got to keep them happy and keep them playing for Bulldogs with future NIL deals, not to mention recruits of the future. So that's my unsolicited plug for Charlie Winfield and the Bulldog Initiative. Check it out and do what you can to help out while still helping out the Bulldog Club and Mississippi State University in general. Okay, once I get to rambling like this, it's time to start slowing down. So let's slow down, and I want to say this. Thank you for tuning into the Doghouse this first year. We have plans to expand more into 2023. We certainly think we'll have a lot more good things to talk about in all the Bulldog sports. And most of all, we just appreciate you being here, the support you've given We want to wish you and yours the merriest of Christmases, the happiest of holidays, and a blessed new year. And at the bowl game, go dogs! This is the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network, sponsored by BetOnline, where the game starts. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a like on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.